Hi everyone, this is Sheldon Tawata from the Kuile Outreach Program at Kapiolani Community College. Thanks for tuning in for another Kuile Courageous Conversations. Today I wanted to share a presentation we did on March 4th. Uh, it was the University of Hawaii Community College's Excellence in Education. We hosted a panel of high school counselors who shared their insights on what they went through uh, during the past two years, during the pandemic. Please enjoy their stories around resiliency and compassion. Thanks for tuning in. Aloha mai. On behalf of 2022 Excellence in Education Day Committee and the collaborative efforts of all seven UHCC campuses, we welcome you to the pandemic, Real Stories from High School Counselors. I am Melissa Kunitzer. I'm your facilitator, and today's presenter is Sheldon Tawata. Good morning, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this morning. I'm really, I'm, see, I'm fumbling over my words because I'm super excited to be here this morning. Um, my name is Sheldon from Kapiolani Community College, one of the outreach counselors at the, at the college. And today I have a wonderful group of folks to share their stories of what they went through, what their students went through as far as the pandemic goes. Um, full honesty, this is just a fraction of a long list of wonderful people who I go for guidance, insight, and inspiration. So again, it's a, just a real honor to be with these folks today. But without further ado, I'm gonna have them introduce themselves, um, their schools, and um, a little about their students. And so let's start with you, Ferris, if you could introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, my name is Ferris James, and I'm the College and Career Guidance Counselor at Assets High School which is a small private school in Honolulu uh, focused on students who are gifted and or have a learning disability or difference. So we do have a very unique population. Um, because of our tuition, we are private. Um, our, our population is mostly students who you would uh, think of as uh, economically privileged, but we do have a lot of financial aid. So we do have students on full financial aid. So I do have some students with um, you know, very high financial need. And uh, one of the things that happened in the pandemic is we increased the number of students with financial needs. So our school um, definitely um, had families with job losses and things like that. Um, okay, well, hang on, Ferris, I wanna- Oh yeah, just where I'm from, yeah, okay. But yes, I will, I will come back to that. Okay. Um, thank you. I wanna turn it off to Eileen, if you could introduce yourself, your position, your school location, and a general overview of your student demographics. Eileen. Hi, my name is Aline Fia. I'm the Career College Counselor at James Campbell High School. James Campbell High School is located on the west side of the island in Eva Beach, um, maybe on a good day of driving, about 45 minutes out of town from KCC, though it might be one hour. Yeah, but um, yeah, so we have about 3,000 students here, um, all sorts of families mixed, a lot of first generation, um, we're not a Title I school, but we do have a lot of students that are um, do qualify for our free and reduced lunch program. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Eileen. Thank and truth be told, I just found out today that she's a competitive ballroom dancer. We'll get that into a little bit. Malia, if you could introduce yourself. Good morning. I'm Malia Kao. I'm the College and Career Counselor at Radford High School. We're located in Honolulu near Aloha Stadium. And we are a mixed population of students. About 65% of our students are military dependents. Most of our students coming from Pearl Harbor, Hickam. 
um, but we also have a good number of first gen um, local students as well. Thank you, Malia. And I'm going to turn it over to Ryan. Yeah, hi, everybody. My name is Ryan Scudder. I'm the department head uh, of college counseling here at Punahou School. Uh, we're located in urban Honolulu. Um, some general demographics for about 3,800 students, kindergarten to 12th grade. Um, we really have a diverse student body that come from all over the island. Um, we have F1 visa students here, as well as those receiving a lot of financial aid assistance. And 99% of our graduates go to four-year schools. So that's our, that's our demographics, Shelton. There you go. All right. Thanks, Rain. Miles. Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Miles Okoji, and I am the college and career counselor and early college coordinator at Copley High School. Uh, we are a public school. We have about 2,000 students, and we are located on the leeward side. If you heard the term second city, um, Copley was built as a second city. Uh, we were built in the year 2000, so we are a newer school. Um, we do have a diverse population, kind of similar to Campbell. Uh, we service students at Colina, Barbers Point, Makakilo, and Kapolei, and we're right down the road from UH West Oahu and the start of our $8 billion rail station. That will get done next year? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Ferris, let's turn it over to you. Let's continue on that conversation we started about the challenges your student face starting in March 2020. I think that's when we all had to just change overnight. So if you could share some of the challenges your students faced starting March 2020 and maybe even till now. Okay, well, initially the online learning was a terrible fit for some of my students and um, many of my graduating seniors had to, decided to change their plans and, and not enroll in college right away. Some of them pursued an intentional gap year. So it was sort of like starting over again right then. Um, but um, I think overall, um, we, you know, I'm in a school that got to go back in person pretty soon in fall of 2020. That was a scary transition, but it was overall a really good thing. But when we came back, you know, um, I think everyone can probably share a little bit about this. I'm at a small school. I think of a small school like a small ship. Um, <laughs> And I feel like it got smaller, but we had bigger jobs. So we had like a harder journey and we had more jobs. So because of what we had to do to open, everyone had added duties. Um, so a lot of the time that is normally in my day to serve my seniors um, and even bump into them or meet with them in groups couldn't happen because of that. So it was definitely harder to you know, work with them, even though we were back in person and we were really lucky to be back in person. So um just and then the no subs thing there was a real nice silver lining of test optional um we don't most of my students don't perform accurately on standardized tests so the test optional thing was actually a positive for most of them but not all of them because there are some that really do well on those and it was very hard to offer the tests with a lack of uh, safety or staffing so those are kind of the big things just, um, I think all the staff got more taxed throughout, especially in surge times. They're sort of a, the work falls downhill to people <laughs> and institutions when everyone's doing contact tracing. So, Oof. yeah. So moving on to Eileen. So we go from Ferris, uh, a smaller school to a school of 3,000. 
How did you folks adjust come March 2020? That that was um, that was a huge adjustment for us. We initially thought, and even the students too, thought that, oh, okay, well, you know, um, we're on spring break. We're not coming back for one more week. We'll be back in the classroom after that. And um, it didn't work that way. Hmm. Everybody, I mean, it was really it was really difficult. We didn't know what was going on. We had to adjust. The teachers had to adjust all their teaching online. We didn't know what to do with the students. Um, it was it was really hectic. Our schedule that year changed about you know the schedule that the kids follow, mm -hmm. the periods um, that changed for about four times um, during that you know from the fall of 2020 when we came back and that was delayed too to start with right, and so when that went from 20 to 21 we had our schedule changed like four times. And um, the communication was very difficult. Some of our kids, though, online learning, they flourished. And um, truth be told, right now, we still have a small group that, are, that have elected to be um, full distance learning. Mm. And we have some that have stayed and some that have had to come back and some that are asking. Some really do flourish. Um, a lot of um, we, we had a lot of challenge in trying to reach them. The counselors, it was, it was really difficult sometimes to reach the students and find them. Attendance, it really affected um, our school's attendance. Um, yeah, and it was really interesting because when the students came back with um, what the teach, what we all saw, it was a big adjustment because we would come to campus and it would be quiet. Mm -hmm. And then now when the students are back, um, the social skills, because they've been out so long, uh, social skills were a bit lacking. Um, in the beginning of the year, we had a lot of fights, um, lots of fights. Mm -hmm. It has calmed down now. We mm -hmm. still have um, some, but not like how it was in the beginning. It was huge when we came back to school. And um, yeah, mm -hmm. so um, yeah, that was the social adjustment. The, um, the students having been out of the classroom and coming back in, um, teaching them and being aware of what they've been through, you know, and um, trying to give them time to adjust back to learning in a classroom. And how do you learn in a classroom? Yeah. Well, it seems like how to even get along with each other. Yes. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was a big deal. Hmm. Yeah. Malia, um, if you could share and you have an added challenge with your students because of Red Hill. And so if you could share what your yes. students went through March 2020 to now mixed with what's happening with Red Hill. So, you know, as the years went on through the pandemic, you think, could anything get, could these things get worse? Mm. And proof, proven point, yes, it can. So in 2020, just like Eileen, you know, and a lot of our other high school students probably experienced the same you know, connectivity issues, having to watch the younger siblings at home because parents who are still working, working, homeschooling their kids. Um, we had a lot of older students find jobs and started working full time to help support their families. Um, so that's kind of how 2020 went. We came back to school, social skills needed to be relearned. We also had, you know, a number of fights and we haven't had fights on campus in so long. Um, so dealing with that, then, you know, things settle down. Um, so with adding Red Hill, you know, we've had students that are now living in Waikiki, 
having to commute to Radford um, through that rush hour traffic, you know, in the morning, in the afternoons, hotel internet is probably worse than those hotspots that were loaned out to students. So our students are still having connectivity issues. Um, I think slowly students are, families are moving back to housing. But at one point, we also had families that were just going to the hotel to shower and, you know, do those kinds of things, but returning back to their home to actually sleep and, you know, not have to fight traffic and commute and do all of that every day. So the challenge continues. Where do they find time to do homework? Good question. And when you have maybe five people in one hotel room with two beds, Mm. where do you find a quiet place to do homework? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Wow. Ryan, what was the situation like at Punahou? Jeez, uh, Malia, you can run on your own session with just everything that's happening with your your student student population. Um, uh, well, I mean, just like everybody else, um, in, after March we went full virtual. So uh, our, all our students they they basically maintain their same school schedule, but 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 in a virtual world uh, format. Um, and then we were conducting our conferences with our students at that time, our juniors for their college conference. So that also went virtual. So. Um, you know, our, our school is obviously blessed with laptop distribution for all our students. So, so they're, they have that technology capability. Um, and then when we came back the following school year, um, in order to kind of mitigate, you know, knowing that there, there was a chance we get back to campus, you know, we, the, the way the school schedule was arranged was such that where we could isolate and, you know, population should there be outbreaks right on campus. So with that in mind, there was a hybrid schedule that was developed. Uh, which consisted of semester-length courses, as we normally would, um, but also mixed in with that were were block uh, courses, so six weeks in length. So we had uh, three blocks within uh, basically a semester. So a student might might be taking like a block or two block courses, as well as maybe two semester courses at one time. Um, so that learning style uh, worked for some, absolutely, and and for others it was their worst nightmare because they might have had a, a a full length year class in block one, and they might not have had that second, you know, that second semester offering of it until like block six, which wasn't happening until like late April, May. So that big gap in the between that time frame was 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 a struggle for some. But but yeah, that was that was what's happening for our students at that time. Amazing. Miles, what was it like in Kapolei? Uh Kind of what Malia and Eileen said, so I'm going to add on to that. Um, for the Leeward schools, um, we had the highest COVID rates in the state. So with that, um, there's a lot of kids that were missing school. And, you know, the policies in the beginning were very strict, right? So you couldn't return back to school after 10 days with a um, negative test result. But if a family member tested positive, then sometimes that resets your clock. So we had kids out for a long time. You know, if you're out 15 days, that's a lot of work to catch up. So that was one of the challenges that the kids had. Um, You know, just talking to the kids, you know, there's so much stuff going on at home. Um, We've had kids um, have suicide attempts. You know, I I see a lot of kids with anxiety, um, unhappiness, depression. Um, You look at our freshmen, like we've had freshmen where 
Um, they went to middle school in the seventh grade, and then they went online fourth quarter. They were online all of eighth grade, and then boom, they're on a high school campus with 17, 18 year olds, and they're just like, whoa, you know. Um, one thing I, I do notice is that a lot of kids um, lack skills, in, particularly in math and science. So even though they have good grades, I was just talking to admissions rep yesterday, that even though you look at a kid's transcript and they might have like a B for algebra two or B for chemistry, but really their, their skills are lacking, in, in, particularly in those subjects. So, um, and, and it's not their fault. It's not the teacher's fault. It was just everybody had to make do, you know? I've had a lot of, a lot of kids um, drop higher level math this year, uh, especially like trig pre-calc, and they're either not taking a fourth year math or they drop down to like probability and stats. A lot of people have to do adjustments. So sorry, go ahead, Miles. Oh, and then the last thing I kind of see in here is there's a lot of parent frustrations. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't really know how to help their kids during a pandemic online or even now still. Um, they're frustrated that things are not back to normal. Um, some parents lack technology skills, so they can't help their kids at home. Um, I've heard a lot of kids, uh, sorry, a lot of parents say that they tried to get their kids into um, counseling, professional counseling, but there's a long wait list, you know, or it's online and then that doesn't necessarily work with the kids. So that's it. So you bring up the topic about parents. So Ferris, how did the parents at your school make the adjustments? Um, it really, there was a lot of variability and I think the family's reactions to, especially to COVID policies, I think um, no matter what we did, there was always a group that would be kind of upset with what was happening. Mm. <laughs> so there was that, but also I think they were stressed because they had their own external stress stressors. We had people losing jobs, losing family members, you know, um, all the regular, all the things that were going on. Um, one thing that I did note that came up I mean, and it always came up, but it came up more during since 2020 um, in conversations with families and sometimes students wouldn't bring it up. But when their students were still considering mainland colleges, um, they, a lot of questions, more questions about uh, race and racism on the mainland would come up from parents. And I think that was really you know, valid, but um, it, it was definitely a marked increase in <laughs> concern about those issues. and. Um, and I, you know, this audience is the Hawaii community colleges. And, and so I, I think that you're receiving the, the families that chose to stay home. I have a lot of families that are like, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, I know you have amazing grades, you're staying here. So that happened a lot with my students, more students chose to stay home. Um, but um, I think that it's important, like the referrals that he was talking about, the, the counseling, I, there's been a real increase in a need for counseling amongst our students. Um, and um, I, I am always happy that I'm, I say not that kind of counselor, but like <laughs> I'm always alert to when they have an issue and um, it's just been, a, there has been more of that and uh, helping families navigate trying to find a provider is really tricky. Yeah. Thank you. So Eileen, with us again, with Campbell of that size, how 
did your families adjust? Um, like Farah's, our families are, they adjusted in so many different ways. Some didn't at all, and some did fare well. But um, I've seen a lot of the struggles, and even those that were just trying to make it through. So when I came back, and you know, our faculty came back, we noticed that our, our parents were way more tense. Mm. You know, even in um, calling and talking with us, or when we would call the parents, they were pretty much on edge a lot of times. So that connection we had, that bond that we had with the parents before, um, it wasn't there anymore. So we had to, I, I felt like we were starting all over again with establishing rapport with our parents, mm -hmm. the, a lot of our parents. And it seemed like they, it's not just the students that, you know, were looking for counseling or seeking assistance. The parents were too, they, they were thinking, you know, like some of them were like, I, I need to get, I, I'm so anxious, I need to get some help. And some of them could really use the help, but you know, like um, Paris said, it was, it's re it was really hard to find someone or to get a referral or for our kids to get any kind of assistance, you know, for that there's waiting lines, waiting lists all over. Mm -hmm. And so with the parents being stressed and um, the kids being stressed and some of them, you know, there's, there were um, some deaths, yeah, due to COVID, um, does the, parents living and the, and the kids living in such a small confined area. So like how Miles was saying, when the students were, when one student got it, they, they were in and out. And that was stressing the parent out a lot because they're like, well, how am I going to quarantine my kids when I don't have any room and we're all going to get COVID, you know? So um, they were trying to adjust to that. And then we'd have somewhere the, um, the parent is stressed out because the parent wants the kid to be for a full distance learner, but the kid is coming on campus every day, you know? <laughs> so it, it was a lot of internal within the family. It was dealing with these issues outside. It was the stress of being able to provide for their family. Though something about Eva Beach, they're pretty, they're pretty good with um, supporting, you know, within the whole family um, unit, they, they have a lot of connections. So they can, you know, somehow support each other. But that doesn't mean that takes away from the stress level. It's still there, you know. Um, that was a really big deal because I think the parents had a lot of added stress. It wasn't just now we call about just academics, you know, and then the parents trying to, we have to listen because the parents are trying to deal with their own issues, yeah. Mm -hmm. So talk about heavy shoulders for the counselors. Yeah. That was, it, it's, it's, tough. it's been tough, yeah, all around. Yeah, and I'm going to... Uh just that point later on but Malia how did your families manage through all this or how are they managing yeah I would say you know everybody is trying their best to support the students and you know to try to bring a little sense of normalcy back uh, but I think for a lot of our parents they're at a point of kind of ex they're exasperated because it's almost like in order to get any assistance it has to be a crisis situation yeah. So, you know, like everybody was saying about students' mental health, there's wait lists. You know, we've had a couple of students that had to really, like, this is a crisis. They were recommended to go to ER so that they could get immediate mental health assistance. You know, it, you can't just call, you know, a, a psychologist or a counselor to make appointments anymore. So it's, you know, I think in their eyes, it's like, everything has to be an immediate crisis in order to get any type of help. Hmm. What about your families, Ryan? 
Uh, well, I mean, we like like everybody else. I mean, we got the gamut of of families that are supportive and those that are you know just throw up roadblocks along the way. Um, at the end of the day, you know, Punahou, we try to be you know accommodating for all. So um, when it came time to even do like full distance learning. Uh, it meant like having like a hybrid classroom setup where students were in the classroom. We'd have cameras set up on the on the teacher, so the full distance learner could could also be a part of it. It was a struggle, and I and I really felt bad for our teachers that were having to go through that um, because here you are trying to cater to two different audiences, and and you know just trying to address to one is difficult enough. So we were discussing maybe having separate sections for those full distance learners but you know with things obviously getting better it just didn't lean that way so um but yeah it was it, but for families yeah it's you know the gamut as 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 all populations and just trying to deal with their their needs and expectations mm -hmm. and miles you're sharing that in your community they had the highest one of the higher covid rates so how did your families adjust with switching in addition to being a part of that statistic uh they had they had a hard time like other families um when we went online um same thing like when malia was saying connect connectivity issues no access to technology um parents didn't know how to help their kids in some instances and so forth um one of the big challenges i had this year was um just trying to reach kids and have them respond whether email or coming to a meeting. I had a lot, a lot of missed meetings this year. Um, I kind of joke at the beginning of the year when kids first came back to in-person learning, it was kind of like the uh, zombie apocalypse. Like the kids were just kind of walking around blank. And then when you talk to them, they just have a blank stare. Like it was kind of weird that first quarter. Um, I had a lot of kids cry in my office, which was unusual. You know, as a grade level counselor, you get that a lot. But as a college counselor, not so much. But there was a lot of criers in my office in the beginning of the year. Hmm. Um, I had a lot of alumni reach out for college assistance. Usually every year I might get anywhere from like three to five to eight. This year I maybe had about 10 to 15 wow. so far. Yeah, just needing help going back to school and whatnot. Yeah. Hmm. So you as counselors, like um, you folks shared, you folks carried a lot of burden in supporting your students, which is just simply amazing. Um, if you could share perhaps when you folks went back to in-person and the challenges you folks as high school counselors um, face. So Ferris, let's start with you. Could you share when you returned to campus and the, some of the challenges you faced? Uh, me me personally, you mean? Or like, yeah, yeah okay. So I, I was actually amongst those that were really terrified of going back in person. And we did go back well before there were vaccines or good treatments or anything. So, you know, being a private school, you don't have as much choice um, of those things. So it was kind of like, come back or you can go away. And I was like, well, okay, we'll try this. And um, so I, I definitely was dealing with my own anxieties about that. And, um, you know, I think that um, as time went on and I, I got comfortable with, oh, these, these mitigation strategies work, <laughs> like it's actually working. Wow. I got, I got a lot more comfortable. Um, and um, I think a, a lot of the teachers were feeling that um, 
we also had to then regulate the COVID guidelines. Um, I, I just think the number of conversations you have to have with kids about mask, distance, whatever, it removes relationship building moments. And I think that that definitely, you know, there were times, more times, I love my job. I love my job. If anyone who knows me well, they know I love my job. So, um, and even if I was rich, I would do it part-time. That's how much I love it, right? But like there were times in the last two years where I'm like, I had that moment of like, I gotta quit. <laughs> you know, I mean, you think about like the grand resignation and like, I, I definitely had moments where I was like, oh my God, like, I don't know how long I can do this, you know, the way we're doing it right now. And, and I think that's what we're seeing. I mean, and if that's happening in my tiny, like privileged private school, <laughs> I mean, we got teacher shortages, right? And uh, I think that all those things wear on what mm -hmm. we love about our, our jobs, yeah. And, and the relationships that we need to build with our students. Huh, thank you, Eileen. What are some of the challenges? Well, when did you return back to Campbell and what kind of challenges did you face? Yeah, so our teachers um, and I, we came back to campus when the students were out. So last year, so even while um, our campus didn't have any students on campus, the faculty, we were all um, told to report. So it, it was, Actually, it was okay because it, it was weird though, because I felt like I was in a ghost town because I never saw anyone. And when, whenever I saw someone, you know, walking and I know them and normally we have this conversation, I'd be like, oh, hey, and, you know, kind of forget, right? Oh, hey. And they're just like, hi, bye. And they walk off and I'm like, wow, you know? So it, it was, it was really strange. Um, but the big adjustment came when all our 3000 students, right? Going to come back in the fall. Our faculty, we are all like really scared, really worried. But my my thought was, okay, I I got to keep my staff safe because if because I have staff here, right at the Career College Center. If I don't keep them safe because they're all anxious, then I'm not gonna have anything, right? So um, I really had to plan with my um, with my partner and my assistant at that time, our rules and instructions, and we so we formed a bubble. So we were in the career cause center, we were pretty safe. You know, we felt okay and comfortable. Um, but I know other areas like our counselors, they, they had a lot of anxiety about dealing with um, families and parents and, and how if the parent wants to meet um, and they want to meet in the office with the student and the room limit is two, but you got like four, what are you going to do? Where are you going to meet? You know, um, it was <laughs> crazy. And for on the, on my work side level, I, it, um, going back with students that, that really, it kind of slammed me in the face, to be honest. Um, I wasn't expecting coming back to a campus and, um, our, any kind of college going culture was gone. It was just, it was just gone. I mean, you know, people weren't talking about college. The students, because the students were isolated, right? They they weren't around other students. The younger ones weren't around other students that were hearing them talk about college, any kind of college, community college, um, you know, four-year college, whatever, career plans. <clears throat> so my seniors that came back this year, it was, they had no idea because they, had, they matured without 
having that convo around them. And I didn't realize how important that was, you know, for me. So it shocked me. And then, and, and looking into the effects that went down. So like our AP numbers. So we used to have a really um, robust AP program here. And for me, I'm, I'm involved in that, of course, right? Career college. So then when I looked at our sections and, you know, we, we've lost full lines of APs, I'm like, what the heck is going on? And the kids, the juniors, this seemed, they didn't really even know about AP, you know? Um, our early college did survive, but our, our counselor is excellent with that, right? He, I don't know, he kept putting it out or something. But um, yeah, that was that really, that part, um, you know, so personally I'm having to do this and then that part really... The, the lack of college culture, everything you work for, and it's like gone, right? And you have to rebuild. It's like, it just, just really just shot. It threw me for, I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. And I've had to work to deal with that mm-hmm. with, with the fact, even with the faculty, because the faculty is just in the minds of, oh, we just got to survive. We're trying to just help and coddle and take care of them, you know, and then telling the kids, oh, no need to go to college. You know, I mean, because they're just trying to help the kids survive. But now it's, it's kind of flipping again, but it took a lot. It's, or it's taking a lot. Yeah. Malia, how are you surviving? Um, I would say pivot is the most evil word from between 2020 and 2022. <laughs> Cause I think that was the biggest struggle. You know, we had to pivot to distance and then, come back and pivot to hybrid. And we didn't know how we were going to conduct business like how we did before. Do we do in-person college visits? You know, how do we do our individual conferences? How do we meet with groups? How do we do our counseling? Um, So that was probably the most challenging thing because we had to keep changing and we're still changing. But I think our, definitely our community, the college and career counselor community was a saving grace because Miles said, hey, let's all get on Google Meet one day and see what everybody's doing. So we could tap into each other's ideas, share our frustrations. So that was super helpful in at least being motivated to keep pivoting throughout the whole school year. So, yeah. So kind of leaning on your colleagues for support, that was probably one of the things that- That was super important, yeah. Mm. Ryan, how about you? What kind of challenges did you face? (laughs) Or when did you come back? When did you guys come back in person? And what challenges did you face? Uh, we came back a little later in the fall of 2020. Um, yeah. But um, so so just to kind of paint the bigger picture, too, when we started the 2020-21 school year, uh, we had a new director of college counseling. So that person came on board in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, we also had adopted a new school information system. So we we went cold turkey and went on to this new platform in the midst of this pandemic. So in the midst, so with that new school information system, we also had to create an entirely new transcript in that process. Um, and then you know everything in our program of college counseling just had to pivot, to use Malia's word, um, <laughs> entirely. Um, and we even adapted, we even began using a new college readiness platform. So we went from Naviance to using Maya Learning during that time as well. So we basically just threw everything in the, on the bus at one time and just tried to deal with it all. So, um, yeah, so it was a crazy time all around. <laughs> uh, yeah, students and for us, <laughs> but we got through it and 
pivoting is is the key word and still adjusting on, on the fly as we need. So, yeah. So Miles, what was it like as a counselor going through everything? Uh, I think for me, um, just having my own kids at home. So I have a son that's a junior and then a daughter that's fifth grade. And on top of that, you know, the class of 2019, we, we had about maybe about eight, um, like nieces and nephews or friends, kids graduate. So I got to see the pandemic from a parent side and, mm. and it's tough. I, I live it every day with my son. Um, he's not back to quote unquote normal. Um, I think the, the high school kids in general felt like things got taken away from them. You know, um, they want it back, but they're not going to get that back. You know, um, this generation is going to live two years, at least two years of the pandemic. You know, that's kind of historic, right? Mm. Um, but I do see as things get better, um, the kids are getting better. Not just my kids, but the high, the high school kids that I service here too. Um, so as a counselor, um, if you're a public high school counselor, nothing against Paris or Ryan, but you know, the first day you step on campus, it's a sprint to the end, to, the, to me. There's so many kids that come in and... Um, I try to take the time just to be more compassionate. Mm. I think just because having that parental experience, just knowing what my kids went through, just having more compassion and patience with my couple of kids. Um, there's a couple counselors that we, we try to like take a walk around campus every day, once or twice a day, just to walk around because you just end up sitting at your desk all day. And then, you know, just try to say hi to the kids and talk sorry with the kids. When the kids come into my office, I try to spend 15, 20 minutes just to say, hey, what's up? You know, what you do this weekend? Like, what do you like to do? Just to talk story. And I, I think the kids appreciate that. You know, that random acts of kindness kind of thing. We, you know, we, we have like uh, snacks in our office. Uh, we have a freezer for ice cream that we need to um, refill and whatnot. So we just hand that out randomly, you know, mm -hmm. to kids. So. Just bringing those connections back. Um, mm -hmm. Ferris, I know you have to leave soon. So, uh, actually, I got it covered. Yay, I'm okay. good. I can stay longer. So, <laughs> perfect. So, going on yes. to, I mean, great segue from Miles, Ferris. If you could share the kind of self care assets provided for the students and even for your your employees. Yeah, um, I think the key, and I think this word has come up a lot, is is trying to intentionally foster those relationships. Because I think that that's like the students really can't learn until they they feel like they have that connection, right? So um, that was extra hard when we were distance learning. But even when we came back, I think all the losses, you know, no sports, no nothing. We, we, we had to figure out new ways to help the students build relationships with each other. We had to have weird alternative proms, you know, <laughs> and like whatever it was to try to have like shreds of normalcy whenever it was allowed. And um I think with the faculty too, you know, um, the relationships we have with each other and then even in the broader community, other counselors like with Hack, I think that was one of the things that kept me going was like actually, and, and I've seen some students who did that too, like found ways to give back and that was almost a healing thing. <laughs> like if you, if you stay engaged somehow, but like, you know, it's when they disengage, you know, so trying to, I think relationship building what is the main type of self-care that we've tried to 
you know, maintain and promote and having to intentionally do that. And, you know, more often just go grab the kid and bring them into your office versus, um, you know, waiting for them to schedule. Intentional things got to be intentional. Uh, Eileen, if you could share um, self-care for yourself and the students. So um, for our students, um, we do do um, a lot of, you know, SEL things, but the teachers also, they like um, Farris said, forming that connection. And so sometimes the teachers, like some of our teachers, they did like an activity because a lot of the kids have like this pent up energy now too. So for bonding and everything, some of the teachers yesterday, they bonded, you know, had the kids out doing activities from different classes and um, just showing the kids a little bit of care. Like the kids appreciate it because they tell others, right? So like, if you just like how Miles said to just ask them how they're doing and you know, how, what things were like, like with Miles, I, I found a lot of counts, you know, um, regular counseling having to be done that social emotional counseling versus the academic, they, they kind of, they go hand in hand, especially this year. So we've had to do that. And um, today, our, <laughs> so we have like, um, today is our PD day for wellness. So uh, our faculty, so I had to teach them a little, so they did a little merengue <laughs> to exercise and work out. And um, they did a little bit of Zumba with, um, so I co-team with our other instructor and, um, uh, we have a volleyball tournament for those competitive teachers, but I think it really gets them going and um, bonding. And we haven't seen each other in so long. So for us, when everybody came together, um, they really tried to foster that sense of family here and to say that um, everybody here at Campbell, even though we're big, we're still in Ohana, we're still family and we have to treat each other like family. So that message is always put out to us at, at meetings. You know, this is our Campbell Ohana, this is our family, we are one, we are one. And um, also that message is also given to our kids as well. So the kids feel very connected or are starting again to feel very connected to our faculty. And not just them, like even our custodians, yep. they, um, cause it takes a whole village at our school. Oh my gosh, it takes a whole village for one kid, but you know, even our, our um, custodians, they reach out to the kids too. And as faculty, we have this staffily thing too. So we, we also recognize our own staff as well. So it's about not just teacher to teacher, but it's everybody. That's what I mean by when he, um, when our principal talks about Ohana, it's everybody, our, our EAs, our custodians, our front office, our teachers, we have to come saber Ohana as one. And I think that really helped, really helped a lot of people on our campus. Yeah. That is so great. Uh, yeah. Malia, if you could share, I know we're, we're getting close to time, but if you could share how you folks promoted self-care for yourself and your team. Uh, we also implemented a social emotional learning um, curriculum this year, because we, I guess we got to go back to basics and really start, you know, from square one with building up um, you know, some character in our students and get everything back on track. Um, so we did the SEL curriculum. Um, you know, our department has been a pretty, we're, we're kind of old timers. We've been together for, you know, anywhere from 10 to 17 years, but we don't know each other anymore because for the past two years, we've had our doors closed, you know, and our masks on. So we just made a decision that once a week we'll all eat lunch together to get to know each other again. 
Um, so I think that'll be helpful with communication and getting our department back on track. Um, but our kids, you know, our student council, our class leadership, they tried so hard to do activities and, you know, get that sense of belonging with their classes, whether it was virtually or slowly rolling things out in person, our, our leadership really, really has tried hard to keep that sense of belonging going and mm-hmm. trying to build that again. Ryan, how about you? Self-care. Um, yeah, I mean, so two things come to mind. So so I guess the thought that like we, you know, we just want to make sure that our students are, are taken care of and, you know, we're just we just do more, 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 add more to our plates. And at some point, it's like the question is like, when do we actually give up something off of our our job description? And and we're still wrestling with that because I just feel like just it's it's a unequal. Ba- it's not balanced. And, and it just seems like more is getting tacked on where nothing's getting taken off. Um, but I think we're recognizing that more nowadays, um, and really being mindful of what we can do and what we can do well, and what really should just not be done because we just don't have the capacity to get it, to do it. Um, the other thing too, we did in the fall, we did like this appreciation. So our college counseling department, we put on like an appreciation for our faculty and staff. So we kind of just had Starbucks coffee and pastries for them. And it was really the, one of the first kind of like just bonding moments for the faculty in, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic. And it was just, you know, we had a tent in the middle of our quad and just a nice way to, you know, it's outdoors, connect, just have a quick chat, but also just a way to just say thank you and, and just to say hello and meet meet some of the new faculty for the very first time too. So some of the things we did. Whole lot of compassion. How about you, Miles? Self-care. Um, just basically, like Ryan said, just try to take care of the kids as much as possible. You know, um, you know, if kids miss a meeting with me, hey, no problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can reschedule it. You know, it's not the end of the world. Um, yeah, and just like I said, just random acts of kindness, just trying to connect with the kids as much as possible. I think college and career counseling is secondary right now. You know, just the mental health of the kids are more important. Mm-hmm. So with the remaining time we have left, uh, and you guys just provided amazing insight. And I know this might be a loaded question. If, if you could provide advice for folks in the room, if you could say it in one or two words, in how we should prepare for students as, as they transition from high school to college, what would that one or two word be? Well, so are you, Ferris. I'm sure that if you came to this session, you are already like the empathetic professors. <laughs> but I think that I think the word is, um, you know, empathy. When 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 you see a student that maybe you're like, what is going on with that kid? Mm. Um, but just try to dig deeper into what's behind that. You know, like, okay, there's definitely something off. You know, reach out, reach out to them, and and. I know you already do that because that's why I send my students to your schools, but, <laughs> but just keep doing it more. Eileen, <laughs> how about you? Um, I guess on the similar lines of Ferris, but um, my two words to one, uh, one is um, to listen, mm. just listen to them. And the other one is, uh, it's more than two words on this one, but it's um, basically Learn, learn the person and the name. Mm. Well, learn the name and the person. Yeah, that's mm. the other one. Malia. 
there's always a story. There's always a story. That yep. is correct. How about you, Ryan? Uh, probably just what I mentioned about just being mindful of what you, we, you know, you folks really are able to manage and handle and, and not to put you over the top um, and manage that self-care, you know, as well as being mindful of who you serve. But, but really, you got to take care of yourself at the bottom. That, that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Miles, words of advice. Uh, I would say student-centered policy changes. So as we make, try to make changes here at my high school, same for everybody else. Gosh, amazing discussions. Thank you, Faris, Eileen, Malia, Ryan, Miles. You are all amazing. Um, I have a ton of notes. I think one of the things that rise to the top when I was jotting everything down is relearning, rebuild, reconnect. Um, you guys just provided, as always, such, again, great guidance, great insight. You guys have always been an inspiration to me. I can't thank you all enough. But thank you all. Thank you all that joined us this morning. Um, we hope you found the information valuable. Uh, I guess we can replay it. I'll probably replay this video 20 billion times because they just provided really great input, uh, uh, information. But thank you. Happy Friday, everyone. It's sunny outside. Go reconnect with the outdoors. Have a great weekend, everyone. Please, please, please take care.